Hey dudes and dudettes, what's going on? Welcome to episode number nine of the Lepressed and Guest Podcast. My guest today is Chloe Brooks. On top of being a friend and former camp counselor with me, Chloe is a fitness and lifestyle coach from the UK. Chloe comes on the podcast to discuss health, fitness, and how to turn those into real concrete lifestyle changes. If you are interested in learning more about Chloe and how you can create a better lifestyle for yourself, follow her on Instagram at chloe.brooks.fitness. I will also plug her Instagram in the episode bio. As always, thank you so much for the love and support. Oh my goodness, Chloe, it's so good to see you. I know, it's so good to see you as well. How have you been? Oh man, I've been uh, I've been great. And a lot of it is thanks to you. I've been following uh, what you've been doing on your Instagram and uh, oh, starting to get myself turned around a little bit. How about yourself? Oh, bless you. Yeah, no, I've been really good, thank you. Just this year is just flying by. Um, and it's nuts to think that we're well over halfway into the year. It's flying by. I know we're we're already just coming down the barrel of uh, August is a week away. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So did I? Uh, I'm man. You are such a busy lady. I'm so glad you made time for me. I'm so grateful. So anything I can do to repay you, please let me know. Oh, nothing. Honestly, it's a pleasure to be on to like even have this opportunity. To be honest, so yeah, when you messaged me about it, I was like, absolutely, I'll, I'll snap that straight up. Yeah. Absolutely. And sorry to be uh, so uh, pesky and annoying about it. That's uh, a silly Americans. Not at all. Oh, I Sometimes you need to pester me because messages get like bogged down and then yeah. I can't see them if I've opened them. And I'm just forgetful with stuff like that. So you needed to. And what we made it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when it was taking a while to get a response back from you, I legitimately was so thrilled and happy. I was like, she's a personal trainer. She's a fitness coach. So she <laughs> makes her living by booking clients. So I was like, that means she's, I believe doing well. So that's why I was kind of excited. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Yeah. It has been, it's been busy. And to be honest, August, like July, August is tends to be like a hard month for PT. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with how things are going. Um, yeah, it's all moving in the right direction. What in your, is there a certain reason why um, August would be a hard month for that, for um, your personal physical training and stuff like that? I think it's where a lot of people uh, have kids that are then out of school. A lot of people have summer holidays. It's kind of like coming towards the end of summer slightly. So people are like, well, I've got holidays and social occasions. It's hot. It just tends to not be on people's priority list compared to like the first six months of the year. Yeah, and that's um, it's so funny because for those who are just listening, Chloe and I know each other from the summer camp that we worked at, and exactly, um, this one counselor who was there, he was a head of water ski, I think, before you got there, Sean Blaney. Mm -hmm. When him and you know Blake, of course, right? Yeah. When uh, and I sent them your love, by the way, they're absolutely oh good, I'm glad. (laughs) But um, Blake, Sean, and I would always have this saying about the first week of camp when the counselors get there the first week of camp in the middle of the summer, it's like New Year's. It's, you've got all the, oh, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to do this. And then you, you really see who wants to be there and who's sticking to it. 
It's so true. It's so true. Everyone gets up six o'clock, does their workout, goes shower without breakfast. As soon as the kids turn up, everyone's like, yeah, no, I'm going to stay in bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you were just a savage and you were one of the fitness instructors. And I knew we had a good one when I saw that your classes were just always filled up. You, Yeah. And it's just such a weird concept to me that kids would go to a summer camp where they've essentially got this playground of just dream activities you could do and they want to go get their butts whooped by one of the best fitness instructors there is so that's a testament to how good you were at your job oh bless yeah I I loved that job honestly for the three summers I was there two of them I did um the the fitness instructing and I think it was just about making it fun allowing kids to see that they can have fun through fitness and it doesn't have to be such associated with negative negative stuff it can be funny and it can be part of a game and you can make friends through it so yeah no that was honestly some of the best well probably the three best summers of my year I spent on my life I spent out there absolutely so now that you're doing personal training and fitness training for adults do you see what do you think some of the biggest differences are in terms of I guess, trying to relate and help them get the results they want. Are there any striking differences? Yeah, so for a lot of adults, it's they now realise that they need to take control of their health and fitness, not only for this themselves, but also for their family. A lot of them have children, they have long-term partners. They want to be able to run around with their kids when they're older. They want to be able to go to their partner's Christmas do and feel really confident in themselves and to stand next to their partner. And it's almost not just about themselves now and it's about other people, but it it becomes so much more of who you are as a person. It's not just about losing weight or gaining strength. It's, I would honestly say, pretty much 100% of the clients that I work with they want to gain confidence in themselves. They want to feel happier in themselves, both physically and mentally. And they want to feel that they have a control over the most important aspect of their life, which is their health. Yeah, that's that's huge. And that's one thing that drew me towards your page and everything mm-hmm. is you're not just trying to get them to work out you're going for a holistic almost lifestyle approach and change which I think is so essential to fitness and as you said mental health yeah absolutely my business is actually called the lifestyle shift and it went even when I had no clients I always knew it was called the lifestyle shift because that's something that I'm passionate about health and fitness isn't just going to the gym it's it's managing your stress, it's managing your sleep, it's managing your relationships with yourself, others, food, social occasions, because all of that, that's our life. It plays a big impact on us. Yeah. And I think when we were messaging back and forth, one of the things I said that I enjoyed so much about just kind of stalking you on Instagram, apologies for that. You can, <laughs> that's okay. Feel free to block me, but I, I just fanboy over <laughs> you just because health and fitness especially if you didn't think it was important before the pandemic I hope this highlighted that at any moment this thing is just going to come crashing to a halt so you know it's it's better to stay ready than it is to get ready yes it's always nice to be one step ahead because you just never really know what's going to happen in life and 
what turn your health is going to take or what turn your life is going to take so if, if you can at least be in control of your own physical mental mindset and your physical and mental health I think that's a really positive encouraging and fulfilling aspect to have in your life Oh, absolutely. And again, just some of the results you're getting with your clients. Um, I just see the grind. You Like everyone just looks dazzling and stunning. You're getting such incredible results. Yeah, it's I've actually got a photo shoot with a group of clients next week. And it's funny because when you see photo shoots on social media nowadays, it tends to typically be your 12 week shred. And actually, every single one of these clients that has been with me and is doing the shoot has been with me for almost if not over a year and the whole reason for that and their transformation it's not just about how they physically look it's we've changed their eating behaviors and we've changed their behaviors towards physical activity their confidence in the gym how they feel about themselves how they deal with family occasions and birthdays and Christmases and that's the sort of thing that now they have those tools hopefully there's a time when they're like you know what I've I've got this hands down I can maintain these results for the rest of my life and people literally being the happiest most what I want to achieve that's my priority as a coach yeah and I saw I think it was around um Christmas Day, Christmas week, you talked about how, what if to kind of, you know, go with the lifestyle, you're like, what if Christmas was just another day where you're like, oh, hey, it's Tuesday. So I know these are the lifts I'm going to do. These are, you know, this is the diet I'm going to follow because family's in town. Maybe I'll, you know, splurge a little bit, but I'm going to be sure to enter and track that stuff into my fitness pal, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I say to clients. I say you can very much enjoy social occasions. And sometimes Christmas is one of those occasions where it is you're like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this 100 percent. But I think that people really struggle in life and getting through the year of not seeing progress, because actually sometimes they are too lenient and they have too much flexibility because they don't like discomfort. And actually being able to understand that you can enjoy things in moderation but it doesn't have to throw you off track and you don't have to have this all or nothing approach is something that people struggle to swallow because they think, well, if I'm on a, you can't see me, but if I'm on a diet and inverted commons, then all of these foods are off limits. It's like, well, no, actually, what if you just have a little bit of it, enjoy the novelty of that flavor of that food, have it in moderation and stop when you're full. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, because people haven't necessarily thought in that way and we've been taught by society and adverts and all these other things that there is the right and wrong food it really changes people's perceptions of how to lose weight and how to get fit how to get strong when actually it's really not that complicated yeah and one thing that was big for me that uh you just mentioned that I want to point out is we're getting so unfamiliar with discomfort and I think because of that, we don't actually know what actual discomfort is. And I love that technology is coming around, making our lives better, easier, but you almost have to ask in question, is it too easy? And I started reading, have you ever read this book called Comfort Crisis? No. Yeah, it, um, it basically talks about that, how we're not essentially we need to start engineering discomfort into our lives. And it typically comes in the form of like physical activity. It's not saying like, Hey, go down, go burn down your house and just see if you can (laughs) 
yeah, we're doing it. We're just we're uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, but it's like, hey, I, I wake up at 4.15 and just try and get at least 20 minutes of cardio in and I'm in the process of switching my schedule. So I've got to get my gym routine back. Yeah. But I feel like when I do that, if I can just get past the first five minutes, I have such a mental edge on the day. Yes, because you've taken control and you've done something that on paper you wouldn't want to do. And you're completely right. People don't like discomfort these days. And because everything in life is very easy to access, things have become easy through technology, etc. Food is everywhere and anywhere that we want it to be. So actually for people to feel a slight bit of hunger or for people to feel a slight bit of physical pain in the gym, they see that as struggle instead of realizing that actually that they're the steps that you need to go through to adapt. It's yeah. if you're trying to lose weight, you probably are going to feel hungry. If you're trying to get stronger, you're going to have to fight for a few extra reps in the gym. And if you stop when that rep starts to feel hard, and if you turn to go and get an extra bit of food when your stomach grumbles that tiny little first bit, you will not see the change that you want to see. And it's because you haven't got the discipline to step outside your comfort zone. And but what do you then you then path off two ways. If you don't take that physical and mental challenge, you won't see the progress you want and you'll be yo-yoing and if you'll be in a mindset of well I can't do it I'm not able to do it it's not for me and you'll feel down and low however if you push yourself even if with the support of a coach or not it is so mentally rewarding that you then realize you are capable of so much more and what I found with my clients is that then transfers into other aspects of that life of their life of more confidence at work, more confidence with their partner, just generally out and about in life, they realize that they do have the ability to put themselves in uncomfortable positions and, and they can manage that. And the opportunities that that opens out in life is huge. Yeah, I was um, getting my 20 minute elliptical run in at the gym this morning and around the 15 minute mark, my I've been getting back into yoga and my left hip was just started to kill me. And <laughs> I had a brief moment where it's like, you know, 15 minutes, I still woke up at 4.15, I got to the gym, you know, I can, you know, most people aren't up and doing that stuff. But then I thought to myself, I was like, if I quit, especially on the day where I'm about to do a podcast with Chloe, oh. <laughs> it would have it just trickled down. And I think life's all about momentum and habits. And I think you're either yes. built one way or another, it's going. And I was like, okay, you're not, you're probably not going to hit the distance you want to on the elliptical today, but we're going to keep going. And even if we're yeah. going through the motions, we are going to finish this up because I know next time it's going to just give us ammunition up here to be stronger and better. Absolutely. It becomes such a mental competition with yourself. And I had the same thing yesterday. I was doing um, a EMOM, which means a workout that's every minute on the minute. Um, and I, it was five rounds and I was at my fourth round and I was hot. I was sweaty I was almost bored because it was just like oh, this is tedious and I knew that I'd kind of done enough but I thought I physically have done enough but if I stop now mentally I'll be disappointed in myself and for my mental stamina and my mental strength doing that next full round is going to help me the next time I go to compete 
or to feel better and go and smash the rest of my day because I know that I have control over the actions that I take. And it's the exact same thing with you this morning on that elliptical. Yeah, and it's um, a lot of times it's not even that we physically can't do it, it's that our mind just allows the body to quit. And I heard this one quote from this guy who does marathons or ultra marathons, and he says the reason he loves doing them is because the mind gets to tell the body who the fuck the boss is. It's so true. It's so true. And there's, I can't remember who says it now, but there's, um, it's, there's a saying and a bit of like a principle where when you think you're physically done and your body is telling you to stop, you're actually only at 40%. Is it, is it David Goggins? I don't know. It might be. Yeah. Cause I think David Goggins, who is this Navy SEAL, he, um, that's it. Yep, yeah. Yes. That's him. Oh my God. And what, what an inspiration that is. I don't know if you have that book or read it, but that's, um, that's a must read along with yeah. comfort crisis. And another Navy SEAL commander I read is, uh, Jacko Willink. And he has mm-hmm. this book that's called discipline equals freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for the general population, you have to have a certain mindset to be able to take those principles on board and not feet and not get defensive because a lot of people will read those books and be like well clear I'm not a navy field still so why is that relevant to me and the physical aspect and the journey may not that they're on it may not be the same as yours but the mental challenges and the mental principles that they're inputting is very much the same that you can then implement into your life and where you're at and the challenges you have and the responsibilities you have it's being able to take those lessons and implement it elsewhere Yes, I think that's good. And I also think it's important and imperative to, you want to take away good successful habits from them and then figure out how it suits your lifestyle. So one thing that got me in trouble was, was trying to do the Jocko grind and I was waking up every day at like 4.30 and then I ended up for a while just getting burnt out and just kind of resented that lifestyle. And then I was like, hey, you know, I am not Jocko. I you know, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a failure, but right now where my lifestyle's at, this is what's going to work for me. And so then I started transitioning to waking up every day at 4.15 and then Sunday, um, waking up at six or seven and kind of just naturally yeah. waking up. Yeah. And that's it. And that's what a lot of people struggle with in health and fitness, because taking it back to the roots of stuff, people see things on social media and magazines, and they see these eight week shreds or these absurd training routines that they think they need to be following in order to see results or absurd diet plans and they think well how on earth am I going to stick to that that's not going to fit my lifestyle they're clearly flawed I can't get the results that I want and actually you can you need to find something that works for you and not just you as an individual but also your lifestyle your other responsibilities in your life your work financeship finances so many other aspects come into play with what's going to allow you to progress in, as an individual in in health and fitness yeah and i would argue that it's not even necessarily that it won't fit in your lifestyle is that i i think it probably comes back a little bit to that comfort issue we were talking about and yeah. it, like don't you can't mistake me saying you're able to do this for verse it's going to be easy those are in that case, it almost feels, it does feel mutually exclusive. Like yes. it is, um, I had uh, this one guy at the gym tell me when I was 
in probably the best shape of my life a year and a half ago and just had like the swimmers be in the six pack going. And he's like, oh, we were talking about routines and stuff. He's like, oh, it must be easy for you. And I just kind of shut the locker. I was like, hey, man, with all due respect, it is not easy getting up 4.15 every morning. It is not easy when my friends go out to eat at restaurants and they order that big juicy burger with a beer. And I'm just like, oh, I'll have a chicken salad, please. Um, yeah. No, no dressing and water. Water's fine. You know, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always a choice. And that's what people struggle to see. And there's a difference where people see that as restriction or people see that as a negative. They're like, well, why can't you just order what you want? And why do you have to get up at 4.15? Why do you have to go to the gym four or five days a week? It's like, no, I don't have to, but I choose to because the results that I get from that make me a happier person and a more fulfilled person than if I didn't. And you would 100% agree if you were willing to put yourself through that slight discomfort of getting there. Yeah. And it's people, I think people here, like we know each other from camp and they think working at a summer camp, like how, how hard can it be? The fact is it's very hard and stressful, especially the, job the, I've had. the, especially with the clientele and everything and the pressure yeah. and the stress. And there's a pretty easy correlation to follow between those who are, it doesn't even matter if you're working out in the morning, but those who get a workout in at some point in the day and how much better they are for camp. Uh, Blake, you, myself, um, I probably don't even need to be on that list. Uh, Sean Lane, you know, I was the exception to the rule. They're like, wow, Bobo's working out and he's still just a POS. He's like, still killing it. No, you're <laughs> killing it. But it is. And it's because those people were willing to invest in themselves. And it wasn't just that they saw the, the benefit of moving your body and, and being able to push your body but it was also, I've done something for myself today. And yeah. camp, is, camp is something that really physically and mentally drains you because as soon as you're awake, from the moment you go to sleep, you are doing things for other people. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean that in a way every single one of us wanted to, but you had to do that for camp to run the way that it needed to run. And actually for us to be able to stick our headphones in for 45 minutes, an hour of a day, bust our gut in the gym, and think, yeah, you know what? I owned that. You can then carry that little bit of pride, fulfillment, and those awesome hormones of serotonin and adrenaline. And you're like, right, it's going to be a good day. Let's go. Whatever it throws at me, I've got this. Yeah, because at, at our camp, that was really the morning before that, um, depending whether you're leadership or not, that 7.15 or 7.45 alarm came. That was literally the only moment of the day that you can control everything else is. And I, I love that. It's so regimented and scheduled. I think that's where I thrive. But again, if you want to have any bit of control in that day, you've got to get up and put the work in. And again, yes. strong correlation with who seem to be really happy doing well. And one thing I hated hearing from counselors after they knew we just got done with the workout in the fitness center in the morning and at breakfast. They're like, I don't know how you have energy to do that. And it's like, have we learned nothing from Legally Blonde and Elle Woods and learned learn that working out actually gives you the energy? Yeah. And exactly. I thought it was like, knew some secret that everybody else didn't. I was like, well, I have energy because I work out. Yeah. And what a lot of people struggle with is they only see it as physical energy. They don't realize how much mental energy you get from from training and from from exercising and 
it was like we said at camp getting up and doing something was the only time of our day that you actually had headspace really because after that that was it your day was fully in the swing and there was no let up and when people said they didn't have the energy actually what they meant was I haven't got the energy to try and make that time for myself and that is not a priority for me and I'd rather bumble through the day and I'm not saying that exercising is for everyone but even getting up and going for a walk it's the headspace yep and that's one thing I was telling a friend they said they were struggling to find a gym routine and they were mentioning all they really like doing is running and I was like then then do that if if that if like lifting weights is going to make you resent the gym then just run just yeah. just run you know that yeah. that's fine and then they'd be able to probably get to a point let's say they were really enjoying running and they thought well how am I going to improve here then that might get to a point where like actually I need to go to the gym once maybe twice a week for a short amount of time to improve my strength because it's going to help my running so it's it's always working towards something that you enjoy and that's why I always say to clients and one of the first things that I ask when clients sign up with me is you need to understand your why what is your why what is going to keep you going on the days you really cannot be bothered because they will come and they will hit you like a bus and you need to remember why am I doing this yep and so that's one of my favorite books by my favorite author is Simon Sinek and it's called start with why and the way he kind of draws it is like a three ring bullseye and most people in the world I don't even think this is an American thing I think it's in the world we work backwards and we start with the what then the how then the why and some of the best speakers and smartest minds i've heard start with why and why got it and a lot of times it's your family it's your friends it's your career the interests you have and that needs to be almost like tattooed and stamped to yeah. your brain and your forehead yeah it is because actually the only reason we do anything is the reason we take any action in life is because there is a reason you never do something not knowing why you're doing it. So why would you not start with what that reason is? Because yep. you're not going to know what action is the correct one to take. Yep, a- abs- absolutely. So, and one thing we were talking about getting a jump on the fitness center, and I think this also leads to some of the um, lethargic uh, nature at camp is we were very well taken care of. And I would argue too well taken care of because we had unlimited food and for like summer camp food, it was probably pretty good. You know, it was probably pretty good, but if you're staying out late, you're not working out and then, you know, come general Sal's chicken or spaghetti meatballs (laughs) night, and you're just loading up two or three plates, which you're allowed to, you're just, putting sludge in your body and people would ask me when I was on my workout routine why I'm eating salad barn every day I was like how do you if you're if your body was a vehicle if it was a car would you view yourself as a Ferrari a Toyota what would what would you view yourself as they're like I'm a Ferrari I'm like can I ask you a question then they're like yes I'm like why are you putting piss poor gasoline into this premium vehicle yes it's it's I love that analogy and it is so true and a lot of people don't realize that it makes such a difference, the food that you are eating. And a lot of people think that, oh, well, I have to just cut out cut out everything that I enjoy. And no, that's not true. You can absolutely have flexibility in your life. But when people, and something that I struggle with so much is the little uh, water or squash people drink. 
especially uh, the majority of my clients when they come to me they're like yeah I have about two glasses of water a day and I'm like oh my god let's we bring that up and we we pay attention just really basically we're gonna every any meal that you have you're gonna just chuck a side salad on the side of it like just get some veggies in there get get some color in there and they're like I feel so much better I've got so much more energy I feel brighter my I have more clarity I have more energy when I wake up and it's it's not rocket science. There is it just fuel yourself well, enjoy good things in moderation. You also then have much a better appreciation for the yummy things in life. Yes. And you can enjoy it. When there's that special occasion, it's your birthday or whatever, and you go out and you have that greasy burger. I tell you now, it, it tastes 10 times better than if you'd had a greasy burger every day for the last four weeks. It 100% does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I, um, I, I couldn't agree more. I've been very good with my workout routine this week. And so I, um, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this chocolate croissant, chocolate croissant that I have. And yeah, I, I think if I had not gotten back into my workout routine and been good with my diet this week, oh, the, the guilt and shame that would have washed over me after I consumed it, just knowing that I, in my mind, I didn't earn it. Yeah. And that's it. And I think a lot of people think they feel guilty about having certain foods, but actually you shouldn't feel guilty eating over food, uh, eating any types of food. And I don't think that is what it is. They feel guilty that they've not taken the correct action to get to where they want to be. Yes. And so they can't feel that they can enjoy that. But actually, if they think, well, I've mediated it, you know what? I've done very well in the gym, in the gym this week. I have made sure that my calorie macros this week have taken into account the fact that I'm going out Saturday night. I'm going to have a nice meal with my family. I'm going to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to feel guilty for it. And I'm going to enjoy it for what it's worth. And I'm going to reset the next day. And it doesn't, people, it's, it's a shame how many people have a negative relationship with food these days. And it plays actually so much into people's mental health and their relationship with other people around them. And then they either go two ways. They either go too restrictive or they go, I'm going to go all in and not care what I eat. And there needs to be that happy medium. So for what you do, do you find when you're trying to get clients to make a lifestyle change, is Mm -hmm. diet and food typically the the hardest change? Yes. Yes. A lot of people overthink it. A lot of people have no structure. Mm. They don't, especially as busy individuals, a lot of my um, clients are middle-aged women and they're they're busy. They have kids, they work full-time. They do not make themselves a priority. But actually when we then, I don't do meal plans. I help everyone on an individual basis change and make small substitutions to the food that they're currently eating to be more nutritiously dense for them and to work better towards their goals that's how you're going to make long-term results that's how you're going to get better educated on what you're eating but I can't even remember what I was talking about now <laughs> but uh, you're saying like you work with middle-aged women a lot. yeah that's that's their main thing is the struggle of the food and understanding what to eat and how to eat and so many people say oh, so much easier than I thought but people just don't because food has become so convenient, mm-hmm. that thought process is taken away from us in a way. Yeah. Whereas like if we just strip it back, bring a bit of structure back in, lose a little bit of flexibility while you understand food and we educate you on what, what proteins are, what carbohydrates are, what fats are, why they're important, how they're going to make you feel, what types of meals work for you and around your routine. 
stripping that back they're then in a, a habit that they're like I've got this this is so not as difficult as I thought and they can when they've been educated then they can go out to a restaurant look at a menu and understand what is a good option for them to have that is going to help them feel full they're going to enjoy it and have satisfaction from it but isn't going to break the old calorie bank that's really super important and that's how people maintain results long term like being educated on what they're fueling their body with yes and one thing that i read in comfort crisis that i saw you recently do which i think is so important not just if you're eating the right food it sounds crazy but i think it's a necessity you've got to scale out this food. I think if you really want to, obviously you can't do it at restaurants, but you did a great Instagram video with your mom. Oh yeah. Correct. Yeah. And um, you, it just highlights and in comfort crisis, there's this nutritionist Trevor Kashi. And he said, the biggest issue is even when clients start getting into a healthy diet, they think they're eating four ounces of protein and then they put it on a scale and it's six and a half, eight, nine ounces. Yeah. That's it because we don't understand portion controls, uh, portion sizes anymore, or serving sizes. And people will look at packets and they think, "Oh, that's fine," but actually, they don't really understand because, again, it's convenience. And the biggest people, some clients might be a little bit hesitant to want to track and weigh their food, but I say see it as an educational tool to start off with. Mm-hmm. Just start. If you keep, if you're eyeballing the types of food that you're having, you're not tracking and you're not tracking your food accurately, we're not going to see the pro- the change that you want to t- see by actually, and some people will call it obsessive. It's not, it's just take, if, if you're saving for a holiday, you're going to make sure that you're checking your bank account and putting the correct money aside each week, month to afford that holiday. It's the same principle when it comes to food and calories. If you've got a calorie target, you want to make sure that you're checking the amount that you're eating day to day and weighing your food out to make sure you're eating the right amount for your energy balance. It's simple as. Yeah, and I I call it more discipline than obsessive. Obsessive kind of takes on a negative connotation. And I think that's just people trying to give them excuse or trying to put a net. It's like, oh, like Chloe's obsessed with working out like, Okay, cool. She's upset. At least it's like she's not obsessed with heroin. You know that that's, yeah. that would be a much bigger like. That would be a problem. She's obsessed with not. being a good person. Is yeah. there supposed to be an issue here? Or like, yeah. And you don't want to overtrain and stuff like that. But they say it, and I think it's a way to give them an excuse to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to work out because I don't want to have that." You know. Mm-hmm. They're trying to justify their lack of discipline by seeing it as a negative behavior and actually it's not if you're passionate about something or something's important to you go at it 100 percent. like no matter what that means in life yeah and you typically see the people who are the best at their fields professions their passions whatever it is whether it's an artist a lawyer a, a doctor a fitness coach an actor actress comedian really you keep trying to find a way around it but the the way to it is work and you've got to put it in it's a daily grind yeah. And one of the biggest things I learned is that, um, especially when I started off my business, I was too worried about trying to make things perfect and take the so-called right path or do the so-called right Instagram post, the right, pro- the perfect program. I just, just take messy action and you will figure it out because yeah, if you keep trying to be perfect and if you keep trying to do what the the perfect thing or what you think is completely right you will never get anywhere take messy action get it wrong a few times and you will 
make progress significantly faster than if you're trying to make things perfect because it just does not exist. Yeah, and again, anyone who's like good or great at the profession, especially if you've ended up like writing a book or becoming a perfect or a, like a public figure, they talk about the necessity that failure, like you have to fail. You yeah. absolutely have to. And that's one of the things I love that you highlight is you will post the good, the bad, and the ugly with your work. <laughs> you're, you're just like, hey, not every day is going to be a highlight. Didn't get it, but I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's just one day. So exactly. Get, and that's, it took me so long to get this podcast started, Chloe, just because I was like, oh, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And then I was like, hey, dummy, what's really going on is you're scared. Guess what? You're, you're going to fail. It is a necessity to get better. That's completely it. And that's it. People are scared to start because they think, well, what if I get it wrong? What if it doesn't work out? And it's like, you're never going to know unless you start it. And that was me when I started my business. I was like, well, what if it goes wrong? What if it happens? And it's like, well, you're never going to get to that point if you don't take that leap of faith. And when you take that leap of faith, you will then figure out how to make it right. And you will learn from mistakes and you will adjust things and you'll improve things. And that's the only way to move forward in both in personal development and anything else in life. Yeah. And I think it's also important to really take account of whose opinions matter, you know, and if you don't really know someone or you don't have a good relationship, or especially if it's just a stranger on the internet being like, if you did posted a video of you not getting a left and they're like, Oh, see, I knew it wasn't this and that it's just like, chances are that's a reflection on you, man. That's, that's, you're not happy with yourself. And for whatever reason, us humans have this sickness where rather than build someone up and actually put in the work ourselves, it's much easier to be like, Hey, I'm just going to type something mean about Chloe. Not even realize that she'll probably whip my ass if she gets. (laughs) There were, there were two quotes about that, that I love. Um, See if I can reel these off. So the first one is those that matter don't mind and though that those that mind don't matter and the second one is that if they don't know you personally don't take it personally mm-hmm. i've read those multiple times and it's something that i tell myself like every day and it's people love getting involved in other people's lives and actually keep your circle small exactly and if somebody is, there's a difference between like friends teasing and joking with each other but if mm. they actually are, if you think they truly mean it, you need to reevaluate this person's role in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're being a positive influence or not. Yeah. And, and again, that's one thing that drew me to you is you seem to hold your clients accountable. We got about a minute and a half left too. I got you. you seem to hold your clients accountable without being a jerk about it. Yeah. There's that, there's that fine line of being able to know when clients need a, a gentle kick up the bum and when they need a bit of empathy and there is that fine line and don't get me wrong I've, I've got sometimes I've got that line wrong before and clients haven't been ready to hear the tough love and that's me as a coach being able to figure out who's ready and who's not um, but sometimes clients do have to learn that it's not easy and I can't make your life any easier sometimes you've got to put the work in yeah Absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of the best way to end this and wrap this up Absolutely. is just put this work in. So were those your quotes that you had? Because I mentioned, I didn't know if you wanted to bring they, up. 
They actually won't. They weren't. Shall I tell you what my actual quote was? Yeah, if you want to put a bow on this with uh, your quote. There you go. So this isn't fitness related related as much, but general sort of life related, I suppose. Um, travel is also a big passion of mine. I'm going to be getting back into the end of this year. Um, but but go where you feel most alive is something that I'm trying to live by more now. All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, Chloe Brooks, you can find her. I'll post your Instagram and all that stuff in the bio. Thank you. Right? Gonna wrap this up. Love you, Chloe. Love you. Big love. Thank you so much. Bye. Catch you soon.